But we are, we're, we're finishing up a three-week series on that little image there, uh, John Wesley's monogram, which is what he used on his, on his letterhead, on, on the, the Methodist membership, and it's got these three words here that were so important to John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, believe, love, and obey. So we've talked about the belief, we've talked about what it means to love, now we're getting to that word that we don't want to talk about. Obey. Obedience. We don't like that word. Have you ever, have you ever felt sorry for, for, for people because they just can't help themselves? Have you ever known somebody like that? I had an uncle like that. He, he would make poor decision after poor decision and constantly find himself in trouble. And, you'd, and I, you'd just shake your head and you'd say, what's going through his mind to come up with that idea? Have you ever known somebody like that? In the Bible, we find a few folks like this. One of them is the subject of our scripture passage today. It's King Saul, the first king of Israel. See, but before Saul was king, the people of Israel didn't have a king. Instead, they had what were judges, not like we see in a black robe and a gavel. But these were judges. These were rulers that God raised up to keep order when there were disputes between people. They'd serve for a while, and someone else would rise up. Israel, the, the, the people also had priests whose job it was to remind all the people to stay faithful to God. But as the years went on, the people didn't want judges anymore. They wanted, they wanted a king. All the other nations had a king. Why can't we have a king? They were envious. So Samuel, who was the judge at the time, who was also a prophet, oh, and he was also a priest. Samuel was an important individual, highly respected. And he told the people... You know, God hasn't given you a king. We aren't like the other nations. We're God's people, so we do things differently. But the people didn't listen. Well, if they have a king, why can't we have a king? That's not fair. We want a king too. And so the people kept demanding for a king. And so God said to Samuel, Sam, go ahead and give them what they want. They're going to regret it one day. But if this is what they want, let's let them have it. So they looked around and they found the best person they could find to be the king, and that was Saul. Now Saul started out okay. But Saul had this personality issue. He had some insecurities about himself. Samuel would later say, you know, Saul, you think, you know, you have a low view of yourself. Because you're small in your own eyes. You want everybody to think you're great. And so Saul tried to overinflate his importance. He was, he was good at honoring God, going to the temple, making the sacrifices, all those things. But Saul's real interest was making sure that people thought he was a great king. That's what was important to Saul. And so our scripture passage today comes after Saul has achieved victory in battle. But he, had, but he disobeyed God in the process. 
See, God had given Saul and the generals a very specific instruction on how to conduct the battle. But Saul disobeyed. See, in his mind, as long as he went to the temple, he went to worship, he said his prayers, he did what God wanted him to do, that was obeying God. So after this battle, Saul didn't give credit to God for the victory. Instead, he paraded around the defeated king so everyone could see how wonderful he was as a, as a general. He even set up a shrine for himself. Look at me. Look how great I am. And he did this because he was really insecure about himself. So Samuel, in our scripture that Jared just read, to, to put it in modern language, he's had it with, with, with Saul. Samuel's had it. And he lets him have it. And he basically says this. Saul, what's more pleasing to the Lord? The burnt offerings that you make in the temple? Or your obedience to what he tells you to do and how to live your life? He says obedience is far better than any sacrifice you can make. Do you get what he's saying? Let's bring this to where we are today. God would much rather you live in daily obedience to him than simply to attend worship every Sunday and live however you want to live. Now, that's not an excuse to skip church. Let me get that clear. It's just being recorded. I want everyone to hear that. That's not what that's saying. Remember that God tells us to worship and to keep the Sabbath day holy to keep it separate and different from all the other days. But I think it's that word obedience that trips us up. I mean, I I think we don't like that word because it places one person over another, doesn't it? I mean, wouldn't it be much better if everybody was on the same level? I mean, ideally, yes, but how would you ever get anything done? If everybody was on the same level. The reality in the world is that everybody, I don't care who you are, everybody reports to somebody else. Everybody. There's always someone greater than you are. Maybe in your mind, you're greater than everybody, but God is still above you. I mean, when I think about obedience... I'm called to be obedient to God. I'm called to be obedient to my ordination vows. I'm called to be obedient to our bishop, to our staff, Pastor Parish Relations Committee, especially to Cheryl. I'm called to be obedient to Cheryl. We all are called to be obedient to someone else. Now, some people mistakenly think, and they live their lives with a misunderstanding. They think that being obedient to God means that God is like some drill sergeant barking orders at us. Do this. Do that. But don't you ever do that. That's not how God wants us to understand what it means to be obedient to him. That's not the way God sees this word obedience at all. I mean, let's get back to Wesley's three words. 
Our belief in God allows us to love God and to love other people. And our love for God and our love for other people gives us the motivation to be obedient to God. We aren't told to to obey God because he forces us to. We obey God because we love him. That's why we're obedient to God. I mean, because God created us. God knows what's best for us. Time and cultures change. But what it means to be human is the same. Because God doesn't change. I mean, did a mother 2,500 years ago love her baby any less than a mother does today? Well, of course not. Because God placed in mothers a maternal instinct to love their children. Obeying God is the same way. Because God doesn't change what it means to be obedient to God. doesn't change either, regardless of when or where we live. God's standards are the same because God doesn't change. I mean, and let's be honest, when we, when we think about all that God has done for us, think about how God has brought you to this place right now. We can't help but obey him. Out of gratitude, out of love. I mean, let's put it this way. God created us, right? God gave us this beautiful world to live in, even a world with snow. I'm from the south. I don't do snow. God sent his son to take the punishment for our sins. He gave us eternal life. Wouldn't you want to trust and obey someone who has done all of that for us. I think some people think that the idea of being obedient to God means that you can't enjoy life. I mean, why would God not want us to enjoy life? I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Being obedient to God ensures that we'll have a life that's lived to the fullest. I mean, 300 years after Samuel's death, the prophet Micah explains what it is that God requires of us. Micah 6.8, he writes, The Lord has already told you what is good, and this is what he requires. Want to be obedient to God? Micah tells us how. To do what's right. To love mercy and walk humbly with your God. We want to be obedient to God. That's the formula. See, it's in the Bible that we discover how God wants us to live. It's in the Bible that we find out what it means to live a faithful life for God. Sometimes as we read Scripture, we, we discover that how God says to live is different from how the culture around us says to live. And when that happens, we have to choose one or the other. I'm going to be obedient to the culture, or I'm going to be obedient to God. We have to choose. And it takes courage to choose. A couple of weeks ago, I was in the Apple store in the Fayette Mall. I know, isn't life a chore? I had to go to the Apple store. 
Well, I was there because my phone battery was dying and Apple was going to replace my phone. How generous of them. Well, I met a woman in there who looked a little bit out of place. She looked like she didn't know what she was supposed to do or where to go. And so I walked up to her and I said, I don't work here. I said, but, but this place can be a little bit overwhelming, can't it? And she said, you know, I have this flip phone. But since everybody else has an iPhone, I guess I'd better get one too. See, without knowing it, she was allowing the culture around her to tell her what to do. And whether she knew it or not, she was being obedient to the social pressures of the world. See, God wants us to live lives that look differently from the world around us. God expects our morals and our values to reflect his expectations for our lives. I mean, in, in many ways, churches and the people in them, think about this. We're adapting to how the world says to do things in the church rather than how God says to do things. Sometimes we allow the world to tell us what's right and wrong rather than following what God through the Bible tells us is right and wrong. Many churches focus on being relevant to the culture around us so that you know, pre-Christian people feel comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, the Bible doesn't say much about God's people being relevant to the culture. The Bible's about God's people being faithful. It's all about faithfulness. See, the people of Israel wanted a king because every other nation had one. Their focus was on the culture around them rather than on God. We can have the most vibrant worship. We can have the most engaging Bible studies. We can have the most extensive outreach ministries to the poor. We can have the finest facilities in the region. But if we aren't faithful to God, we've missed the mark. The world says be successful. The Bible says be faithful. I would much rather be a faithful church than a successful one. Any day, God calls us to obedience, to be faithful. I mean, Paul, uh, Saul may have been successful as a political king, but God didn't bless his life because Saul wasn't faithful. He wasn't obedient to God. See, God blesses faithfulness. He doesn't bless sin. He blesses faithfulness. Let's bring this home a little bit even more. And I'm asking myself these questions I'm about to ask you. In what ways have we been successful in life, but maybe not faithful? 
In what ways have we rebelled against God's way of living because we thought we knew better about our lives than God does? See, here's the good news. Unlike Saul, who didn't confess his sin and start living a different way, we still have that opportunity. And here's the twist on this understanding of obedience to God. It truly is a twist. It's a 180. It's because God loves us so dearly that he wants us to be obedient to him. Like the parent who wants his child to be obedient by not running into the street so she can be safe. God knows that when we're obedient to him, our souls are safe because he loves us. If God didn't love us the way that he does, he wouldn't care how we lived our lives. God would just say, do the church thing. Pray every once in a while. Be kind to other people. You're good to go. But God loves us too much to just say that to us. That's not love because we just end up damaging our our hearts and our souls. And God doesn't want that. Instead, God says to us, if you live the way that I created you to live, your life will be full of blessings. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have the hardships of life from time to time. I'm not preaching, give your life to Jesus and everything's going to be rainbows and unicorns. That's not the gospel. The good news is that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we live in obedience to God, when these hard times come, we can endure them because we know God is right here with us. Believe that God is who he is. Love God. Love other people. Obey God because we know that he loves you. That's the recipe for the way that God designed us to live. Believe, love, and obey. Wise, wise words from the founder of Methodism. And that was his prayer for all of us, that these three words would be part of our lives. Let's pray.